Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There is a candle in every soul. You're listening to Lit Speak with Some Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. Some dark There is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle. Good morning and welcome. Here we praise the truth in God's creation through the ideas inspired by human imagination. During this hour, we hope to ignite your candle that you may use it to brighten the darkest corners in your world. Morning. Welcome to Lit Speak right here on Blog Talk Radio on this chilly Colorado January morning. It is chilly, isn't it? It is chilly out there. <laughs> I think it's about 16 degrees or so. I'd like to introduce my co host, Derek, who is going to be with me in the studio today. And I'm here in chilly Colorado as well. Yes, you are. You're not liking the cold weather as much as I do. No, no, no. This is my time of the year. I love it. You like cold weather? Oh, I love cold weather. Yes, I do. I do. Ooh, not me. (laughs) (laughs) This morning, we're hoping that you will hear words in this hour that will inspire you to tap into your imagination. We have a special guest this morning, Anne Mulligan. Anne studied drama during high school and college. And she wrote the first her first script in 1999, and since then she has published nearly 50 of them, as well as numerous articles on various aspects of Christian drama. She's president of the popular literary blog Novel Rocket, and she is a humor columnist. Her her latest writing accomplishment is the release in September 2014 of her debut novel Chapel Springs Revival. Welcome, Anne. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Hi, Patty. Thanks for having me on. Uh, We're absolutely thrilled to have you via radio. I wish you could be here in Colorado with us. (laughs) I wish I could, too. That would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not so much where we're at in Colorado, but just the general sense of Colorado is is nice. (laughs) Yeah, actually, Ann, when people think Colorado, they think Denver, and we're about as far from Denver as you can get. We're, We're way down here on the southeastern plains. Think Kansas. Exactly. We're practically on the Kansas border. So if you ever come visit me, don't expect to, to see the mountains. <laughs> no, I I understand that. Our son, one of our boys, lived in Colorado Springs for a while. And oh, okay. when we went to visit, when we went to visit, we got off the plane. They told me to look to the right, and there's Kansas. <laughs> so that's about right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, Anne, you recently released your debut novel, and a debut novel is always so exciting. The name of it is Chapel Hill's Revival. Chapel Springs Revival. Excuse Chapel Springs. Do you know? You said Colorado Springs, and we have a Chapel Hill mall. And I don't know how many times I have actually started yeah. to write. Chapel Hill's Revival. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I, Chapel Springs have. Revival. No, My no goodness. problem. No problem. People have. But it it is a story about two friends in a small town, and they realize that their tourist town needs a little bit of sprucing up, as well as their marriages, which have lost their pizzazz and passion that have existed in years past. And I'd love to know where you got the idea for this story, Anne. As usual, being a novelist, I eavesdrop on people. (laughs) One day at church, yeah, one day at church, I overheard a young wife saying that she hadn't realized that she was supposed to pray for her future husband. She didn't do that. So the one she was married to was not 
God's will for her, so she was going to divorce him and go find the right one. And <laughs> I had to step in. <laughs> I just couldn't let that one pass. We had a Titus <laughs> woman moment. However, the strange thing is when, it, it, if one woman thought it, someone else would. And it was interesting because one uh, person contacted me and she said it bothered her that this woman thought that way. But I told her when sometimes we get an idea in our head that God's will for us is a certain direction, it is an extreme act of God to change that. <laughs> we get it That's in our head and we, yeah, we follow it righteously. And um, so I let Claire explore. And from there, you see what happened. <laughs> I think you're right. I think sometimes we go 85 miles down the highway thinking we're going in the right direction, and we're shocked when all of a sudden we realize that we are way off our course as far as God's that is, will. So. That is absolutely right. And um, it takes some good counseling, and it takes, as in the book, I let God show Claire and I have to tell you, it was exciting as I wrote it because you're not, as a writer, you know, you're not always actively thinking, now this has to be shown, now that has to be shown. It just comes out of our heart, and it gets so exciting when it's right at the end. Karen Ball has a quote that just resonated with my spirit, and I loved it. Karen is a... Um, is an agent now, used to be a um, an acquisitions editor, and she said that God whispers stories to our, our God whispers to our hearts, and our hearts whisper back in stories. And mm -hmm. I just oh, love I love that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how it happens. And that's how it happened with Chapel Springs Revival. Some of the things just came out so so right where God just let it, he whispered, and it just happened. And I like that God showed Pat, uh, Claire what he did in the story. I just finished reading your book here about a week or so ago, and I really enjoyed the way you carried the characters through their journey. Another thing I loved about this book, and I could see myself walking into D's and Doe's Bakery for coffee and and a sweet roll with my friends. It just was so <laughs> realistic. And, and I love the names that you came up with for the different businesses in town. And I think, wow, wonderful imagination. Uh, I have to give my husband credit. He came up with these and those. And um, <laughs> he did. And one of the others was a place I actually saw in um, way up in the mountains in Georgia called the Happy Hooker. It was a bait shop, and it was closed. And I knew I had to use that. You might want so, to explain what kind of a place that is, Anne. It's a bait shop for fishing. They live on a lake, and it's a bait. And so I named one of my characters as Happy Drayton, and he owns a hobby shop and the bait shop. So, <laughs> it, it's just fun. It was, it was just fun. Oh, talk about capturing the, <clears throat> excuse me, the flavor of a small town. You sure did that. Well, I live in a small town, too. And, and the small totally. town is actually in the midst of a big one, but it is a small town. And um, I'm involved on the, not city council, but I'm involved in the business alliance and uh, very close friends with the mayor and all the rest. So it's a, it's a, it's a commentary on life and most of the stories come from life. Well, my small town is small you, enough that the closest Walmart is 25 miles away and the closest decent oh boy. Excuse me, movie theater is 80 miles away. So. Yeah, that's even smaller. No wonder you can uh, relate to it. What was especially fun for me was my publisher found out that my husband was an artist and he let him um, paint the picture that we took the cover from. Oh, how and that, fun. Uh, yeah, that really was fun. So that is my husband's artwork. And uh, for the sequel, 
we're taking it a little different in um, in a different season. It's heading toward Christmas. So he's going to, you know, touch up the painting and use it again. So well, I was going to, that's another question I was going to ask you is did you know all of the information that you have in the book about pottery and painting and all that because I wouldn't know the first thing about it. The painting I did, the pottery I did not. I did extensive research. Um there's a little town in North Georgia called Dahlonega and it's um it was the site of the very first gold rush way before California even. Oh, my. And okay. um, I, it is fun. It's great. And Patty uh, Smith-Hall is writing a book about that, so I won't say much more. But <laughs> up there is a, <laughs> there's a potter um, who works up there, and I got to go into his gallery and watch him throw his pottery. And um, I got to play a little bit with some of the clay. And uh, between that live incident and then um, – Internet research and YouTube research. I think I got it. Very I good. hope I did. Anyway. <laughs> well, Anne, without saying too much about your book and giving the whole story away, mm-hmm. there are a couple of topics that we can definitely touch on related to the messages that you are trying to convey. As you well know, there are a large, large number of couples out there who feel that the spark leaves their relationship, especially after the kids exit the front door to begin their own lives. You had told me that you've just celebrated 44 years of marriage, and I'm not too far behind you with, uh, what am I at now, 37, going on 38. So what suggestions do you have for ways to kind of light the flame again of not necessarily even passion, but even simple affection in a long-term marriage? Well, uh, besides coming to the door wrapped in saran wrap, um, I I think communication is one of the biggest things. Um, You know, the old joke, men are from Mars and women are from Venus, it's very true, and a woman has to understand how her husband's mind works. It has separate boxes, and they're all separate, and you don't intermix them. Our minds look like spaghetti. We can just travel (laughs) in and out of one subject to the next. But understanding some of those, I think one of the best things is to find some new things to do together after the nest empties. It gives you a common ground again to uh, beyond the kids who have grown and gone on. Um, and the most important thing I think we all have to remember is marriage is a commitment. It's not just fall in love and live happily ever after. It's interesting, um, Gina Holmes has an article on uh, Novel Rocket today, and she made the comment, it's why fairy tales end as they ride off in the sunset, because we don't want to see them have their first fight. Mm -hmm. That's very true. It is true, and as we age, um, all of our differences change. I mean, our, 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 our likes and dislikes change. What my husband and I did, um, we both got involved in a community theater. Uh, I'm. We like to. We both like to act, but but also I like to work behind the scenes and in the admin part. And I've just started a brand new community theater at the request of our mayor in our town. And we're about to go into our third production. We're doing the Odd Couple. So my husband's oh, producing it. I know. And so we have we have this to do together. We both like, um, he does his painting, and I like to take pictures. And so we'll go off for a day and just find sites and scenes we like. So finding something new to do together is kind of fun, especially something a little new. It's a good idea to bring, bring the closeness back. I would agree with and that. Then I think, yeah, and then I think the, the final or one of the most important things is this really take time to listen to one another and once our nest's empty we have that time and um, I find myself listening more to my husband what he has to say and if he begins to open up in feelings oh my good I tape my mouth shut that's so I can mm-hmm. listen <laughs> oh yeah for a man, you know I know so. where you're coming from and my husband is very very quiet and 
very reluctant to express any of his deep emotions. And I have right. learned to read him through his behaviors. I used to think, oh, he's so quiet, he must be mad about something. <laughs> and I've finally come to realize, oh, he's he's not mad. He's just, he just not one to, have anything to say. chatter on and prattle right. on about this and that and the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> you and I can talk about for both of them. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah, I think sometimes you know, I, God, like I can't get a word in edgewise anyway. So. That, yeah, God told me something very almost audibly years ago. Oh, golly. It was probably we'd been married maybe eight or nine years, something like that. Anyway, um, a very good friend of mine who was a Christian, I was complaining about something about him, and she said, well, he shouldn't say that to you. He shouldn't talk to you like that. And God immediately spoke to my spirit and told me, do not react the way the world tells you to react. You react the way I tell you to. So I learned to ignore those little things. And when I did, the strangest thing happened. They quit happening. I quit seeing them or hearing them. Or, and I really learned to understand my husband. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a vital thing for us to realize. Even as Christians, sometimes we can give bad advice. And so we have to listen with our spirit to the Lord in a Christian marriage. And while it didn't, well, I was going to say, well, it didn't excuse what my husband had done. My reaction to to it changed, and that changed Mm -hmm. the whole scene. Mm -hmm. When I came out here to Colorado, I came to a whole different culture. There's a a very strong Mexican culture here, and my husband happens to be of Mexican heritage, even though my last name, my real last name... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is a is a Hispanic last name. It sounds and very it, Irish it, on the website. It took me a long time <laughs> to get used to some of the cultural expectations of mm-hmm. of a man of the Mexican heritage, and that too right. is something right. that needs That's- to be taken into consideration. And not even not even if you are from a different ethnic background, but even the way a person was raised makes a huge difference right. different parts of the country different family some people come a person who comes from a family with 16 kids is going to be quite different from a person who comes from a family where they're the only child or maybe one sibling so all these things need to be taken into consideration when we mesh our lives together with another person it's absolutely true it's the same as um as in the writing world i'm teaching a class right now um, oh i know i love your class, class. Anne. Oh, thank you. I haven't had the time to catch up with all of it, but it's great. uh, Well, one of the things that I've learned in there, and I saw this through my husband, he's British. He was raised in England. And knowing his parents and the way he was raised helps me understand our relationship better. I was raised totally different. My family was very... um, uh, huggy, touchy, feely, um, mm-hmm. lots mm-hmm. of affirmation, and his was a little more stoic, a little more uh, typical. What you think of as typical Brit, a very loving family, but typical Brit. So it mine's not big on holding hands in public, which is a which is a trait I gave to Claire's husband. Uh, things like that and how she dealt with it, and she got right. she got tickled with it. But one of the things I realize in what I teach in this class is we are all the product of not only our our parents' worldview, but our grandparents and our great-grandparents. They All of their things have, their worldview has formed ours. Now, we exactly. either reject Jerry, it. All that ancestry with right. us. Right, we do, and we either we either reject it or accept it. One of the two. You don't kind of, and yeah, you might pick and choose from it, but it definitely forms us. And uh, so it's much like when you're building a character in real life. We have to look at that and and consider it when we're looking at our relationship with our husbands. It's uh, it's not a fairy tale. It's real life. <laughs> It's real life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think when you start 
start brushing your teeth next to the person that you married and things like that. I mean, you really, they're just things that you don't think about when you're in that romantic dating phase. And boy, when it comes to reality, it's like, wow, he really does leave his dirty socks on the floor, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, that, and that again comes back to what God tells us to do. And I, I went through a period where I was, I looked at all the all the wrong things my husband did. I mean, we all I think we all go through that sure period we if we're really honest. And pretty and it it really uh <laughs> fades things pretty quick. And finally God told me, you know, well, what happened actually? I got tired of trying to change him. I got fed up it wasn't working. <laughs> and I told God, "Okay, God, change me." Let's, I'm going to forget him. Let's just you and me work on me. Make me what you want me to be. And the strangest thing happened. My husband changed. Mm. At least in my eyes he did. Right. I don't know <laughs> if it was my change or what, but it worked. And that's something we've got to do in marriage. We have to just quit looking how he squeezes the tooth tube of toothpaste and whether he puts the toilet paper roll on backwards or forwards oh, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Golly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. <laughs> there are all those funny things that that we look at, but when we look down at it, whether we prayed for a husband or not, God had his hand on our hearts if we're his children on our lives and he chose the right mate for us so true yeah he did and it's when we discover that that's fun and uh yeah i probably gave away a little bit but that's okay i love how claire (laughs) discovered hers it's just (laughs) oh i I yeah i agree Dan, we're going to go into a commercial break here in a few minutes, but okay. I'd like to uh, to get on another subject real quick to we, yeah. we could touch on before the commercial break. One of the most difficult differences between couples in a marriage can be religious beliefs. How do you think a person who wishes to actively practice their faith should deal with a spouse who doesn't, who has no interest in going to church or reading the Bible or being involved? And we have about three minutes, Anne, so maybe we can get started on that subject and then we'll go to break. We sure can. In fact, that is um, a big part of the sequel called Chapel Springs Survival. And I think one of the most important things for a woman to do is to win him without words. To mm, just exactly. love, <laughs> absolutely just love her husband. Um, there may be some things that she has to uh, take a stand for, which would be going to worship or whatever, but you don't become totally dogmatic about it either. Mm-hmm. There were times um, my husband was not going to church for the first 25 years we were married. Mm-hmm. And I just, I went, sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I went and did something with him on a Sunday, which I think said more than anything else to exactly. him. Um, I agree. But, yeah, you love. Mike, my husband and I, when I came out here to Colorado, I had been raised in the Methodist Church. Well, I came here to Colorado, and our town was primarily Catholic, so I started mm-hmm. attending Catholic Church with my friends. And I'll just uh-huh. say this briefly before we go to break. Mm-hmm. Went to okay. the Catholic Church with my husband for many years. Well, then I just started feeling like I wasn't my, my spiritual needs were not being met. And my son was involved in the youth group in, in our mm-hmm. town, and we started going to First Presbyterian mm-hmm. Church. And I was the only one who was going to that church. My husband stopped going altogether. And it was several months before I finally felt comfortable approaching him and saying, hey, go to church with me. And his reaction, he didn't react well. (laughs) He didn't. Uh And and, he saw it as an affront to him, kind of like, well, what do you think I'm? this horrible sinner that really needs. And and I said, no, that's not my point. My point is I want you there with me. And we're going to break here in just a second. Please stay with us here on Blog Talk Radio. We have some exciting things coming up. I will be announcing the winner of our giveaway from last week when Cindy was our guest, and we have a giveaway for this week as well. So please stay with us. Two roads diverged in a wood. 
and I took the one less traveled. And that has made all the difference. The Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. Derek and George Live. Becoming Christ-like. Salo and Hutch. All stops on the road. The road of enlightenment. The road of discovery. Join us each Thursday and Friday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain Time and Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Mountain Time as we invite you to join us on a journey. A journey on the road less traveled. Right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you watch a game, it's fun. If you play it, it's recreation. But if you work at it, it's golf. A golf course should aspire to generate as much energy as it consumes. And four miles north of Marion, Indiana, is a golf course that does just that. 6,690 yards of pure energy. Arbor Trace Golf Club is a course that's beauty is matched only by its bite. A course that can test not only the steel of one's nerves, but the metal of their irons. It's a course for the beginner who desires to learn the game as well as the player who is ready to challenge it. So whether you're looking to play just for the fun of the game or the opportunity to work hard on it, Arbor Trace Golf Club is the course for you. Give Arbor Trace Golf Club a shot, because in golf, the most important shot you ever make is the next one. Stay connected to what matters most with high-speed service from Seacom. For the home, we offer access where you need it most. Whether you're looking for high-speed internet or an in-home voice package or both, Seacom has your house covered. Send emails, download music, and surf the web with the fastest service in southeast Colorado. Our two-way wireless connections offer download speeds of up to 15 megabytes, but with a fiber connection, the sky is the limit. For the business, Seacom offers voice plans, broadband internet, DSL, and Ethernet circuits. Our fully integrated Metro Ethernet platform segregates your data traffic logically at the switch, avoiding the latency of multiple routers and quality of service overhead. With only a single router between you and our nationwide backbone carriers, you really will experience the Internet at the speed of light. We also offer point-to-point data links to connect all of your business locations. And if you're looking for carrier-grade data transport or dark fiber, look no further than Seacom's extensive privately-owned fiber network. We own and maintain our own network with more than 1,200 miles of fiber and growing throughout southeast Colorado. So whether you're looking for dark fiber, for cable, a dedicated corporate network, or carrier-grade data transport. Seacom has the answers. Visit us at seacom.net or call us at 1-800-657-7149. Seacom, world-class communications right in your backyard. Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric, whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries. Welcome back to Lit Speak with Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Blog Talk Radio and Lit Speak. We were talking with Ann Mulligan, and what I'm going to, the way I would like to begin the second part of the mm-hmm. show is to announce the giveaway winner.
from there's last a, week's show. Last week we had Cindy Sproles on our show, and we gave away a copy of her debut novel, Mercy's Rain. Mercy's Rain. That copy went to is going to go to Abigail from Idaho. Hey, Abigail. Thank you so much, oh. Abigail, for visiting the website. <laughs> And I have some more exciting news Ooh. because today we're also going to be doing a giveaway. We're going to be giving away a copy of Anne's debut novel, Chapel Springs Revival. And Yay. we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but I just wanted to introduce and I that. can't win that one, can Stay I? with the show to learn how to be in the drawing for the giveaway. Don't leave us. And I'm we touched so on the subject of of religious differences between couples and uh, something else that can really be a problem, especially for older couples who have been in a marriage for quite a while, are medical conditions, chronic illnesses mm. that come into play, and they can affect a, a relationship both positive, excuse me, both positively and negatively. Have you had any experience with that? Well. Not quite like Claire did. Um, <laughs> or, um, uh, not Claire, yeah. but an inside joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the my husband um, got uh, type two diabetes uh, in I think it was about two thousand three. He was diagnosed, and while he has been um, extremely disciplined on himself, so he hasn't hasn't really progressed. He he keeps it well under control with diet and um, just some um, oral medication, and he doesn't have to use that a lot anymore, exercise and things. But people who let it go, one of the side effects of, of, of type 2 diabetes, along with some other things, is um, erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And That can people, be a major issue in a marriage. Yeah. Well, it can be, um, and the point is not everybody can take the medication that's supposed to help it. Right. But it, but again, marriage is, while well, that is a lovely, beautiful part of marriage, it's not all there is. And um, people have to just, you know, we say for better or worse, in sickness and in health. Mm-hmm. And marriage is a choice. It's, it's, it's a commitment. And if those things happen, then we just have to deal with it. My husband and I went through a long, long period, almost two years of issues with with medical uh, problems. Mm-hmm. He has uh, peripheral vascular disease in his left leg uh, and had to have surgery. He had a, uh, make this short because mm-hmm. it's a long story, mm-hmm. but he had a, a vein replacement put in there, and then he developed an abscess around that artificial vein and it resulted in several surgeries and finally even resulted in having him having his five toes on his left foot amputated and it was just one thing after another and I kind of had to chuckle to myself this morning because on a Christian radio station I was listening to they were giving tips on marriage and they said at night you should always kind of cuddle and I laughed I thought man you know, there were months when he was on this wound back machine thing, and I stayed as far away from him as I could to right do something to that machine and set it off. And yeah. so, there's many factors involved in you know in that. Pat, if I could add this uh, in real quick, I I think I totally agree with you, Anne, and and Pat, you've learned that from from all the things that's gone on with with your husband and. Uh, I learned that in in my marriage from my after my brain surgeries. Uh, you really uh, you you begin to look at your marriage through a different lens. One, I I saw my wife become my caretaker, yes. caregiver, yes. Uh, yes. Um, and I saw my wife become. Uh, we called her the guardian of the gate mm-hmm. uh, of who who was able to come to me. And and she saw me in a different uh, light because here you have uh, what was before a, a you know a strong active husband who now can barely get out of bed and so it really does it really does change 
Um, it, it may be not the roles, but at least the perspective of marriage when you struggle yeah. through uh, through through those types of physical problems. Exactly. Part of the problem That's for me, very I have a nursing background, so I have that nurturing nature about me, I guess. And my husband is extremely independent. Well, before he could even have the leg surgeries, he had to have open heart surgery. And it was kind of neat for me because I thought, wow, you know, I can wait on him hand and foot here. Well, let me tell you what, that lasted about three days. Yeah. And he was back to, I can do this myself. Right. (laughs) That's kind of harder for me than being the caregiver. (laughs) Very, very true. Now, my husband is like yours. He's independent. Mm -hmm. And so when he's also, again, his upbringing, he's, he's not a cuddler. And <laughs> right. We just don't do and it's funny because I remember say my parents when my son was about eight years old, um, we were still living in California and we were we'd be down at my parents' house and they had this huge curved sectional sofa in the living room and they'd be cuddled right together, touching on one corner <laughs> of the sofa. And he left up the beast's you guys really like each other, don't you? Oh, <laughs> and it was, it was so sweet. But that was both of their nature. They were both yes. that way. I was raised with that, and I fell in love and married a man who's not a cuddler. Mm-hmm. He's not a hand holder or those things. So I learned, right? And you have to learn a different way. In the beginning, it's difficult. It was hard, and uh, eventually. During that that real change time in me, I really began to understand him. And instead of trying to change him, I well, I'd like him to be more of a cuddler. I've learned at times when I need it, I'll stick my hands into his. And he Hmm. understands that I need that right now. And so he'll he goes with it. Um, It's. uh, I think that's the whole point in a marriage for a successful long-term marriage. You have to learn your husband or your wife and accept them as they are. Exactly. God, you know, it's that unconditional love that God puts in us. And there's, and we're such selfish creatures. We really (laughs) are. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a perfect example that that yeah. you're talking about, Anne, is 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 that trust and the commitment of two people. That if 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 I am looking at my wife and saying, okay, this is the way she is. It's 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 like the name of that play. I love you. You're perfect. Now change. Um, <laughs> is 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 that whole idea that if I can look at my wife and understand her needs and say, okay, maybe she's not a cuddler. Maybe she's not a handholder. But I'm going. I'm not. I'm going to do the changing, like Anne's talking about, and then trusting that God is working in her life to look at me yeah. and say, "Okay, maybe Derek's not this." And the working in tandem is when, when you see that that marriage work. It's very hard when it's only one side of the of the right. marriage that's that's working. Right, and you know it 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 devastates me to look at the divorce rate that is out there um, oh, and, and so much of it so much of it is in the church too mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. there it, it's very very difficult because we we are self-centered creatures but we've got to pull God in and unless there are extreme biblical or a wife is being abused or a husband I've even known mm-hmm. a husband you know sure, those sure. are different situations they're different um, but so much of the world is out there, well, you don't meet my needs, now I'm done, we're out, we're gone. Mm-hmm. And they try mm-hmm. again, and they keep, and they'll never find it. Until they find God, until God works in a marriage, they aren't going to find it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny because um, I, I keep going back to, to writing characters, but we give them traits, and, and I discovered when looking deep into Claire, I I came up with she's a she's a selfish woman. Now she doesn't yes. read. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't read that way. But why does she want her husband 
to change so she'll feel better. Right. And I yeah. was shocked. Um, she's not selfish with herself, her time, or anything else. But that's truly when we want people to change. It's not just for their good. It's for our good. <laughs> and, and and I, yeah, and I think that's things. the hard part of it is looking at your yeah. your own life and saying, "What is your it, motivation for yeah, wanting it, him to it, change?" Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And time is flying and, by so fast. I can't believe it. But there is one one subject I definitely want to touch on with you. There's an element throughout your book that brings char- the characters through the best and worst of times, and that's laughter. Tell us about what laughter does and why you think it's an effective tool for getting some not always humorous points across in your writing. I know that this is a real strong point of yours, and I'd really like you to talk about that. Well, first of all, it's something I learned a long time ago from a drama mentor, and she told me that people let down their guard when they think they're being entertained. And during that moment, when they least expect it, we can reach out and touch their hearts and change lives. And humor is one of the greatest entertaining factors. Everybody in the world loves to laugh. And I've always been a goofball. I hate to say it, but that's, you know. I love to make people laugh. And when I was a kid, that was how I got my attention, usually. And yeah. it's I've got a funny bone that's huge. And I look at things. I I see humor in every single thing in life, even in death. I mean, and and that sometimes I really have to pull myself back sometimes. Um, <laughs> the late Diane Hunt, who was a wonderful writer and a very dear friend of mine, and we lost her to ovarian cancer a little over a year ago. Yes, um, I remember that. She and I, uh, when when her final times were coming around, we got on the phone and we laughed about it. She mm-hmm. was the one person in the world who had the same whacked, warped sense of humor that I do. <laughs> but God is the author of that. And and I think I think with me I realize death is not the end, it's a birth. It's a birth mm-hmm. into eternity. And so if you look at that, I see laughter in everything, I see humor in everything. And my mom died of Alzheimer's. And oh, even through that trial, she and I giggled. And when we giggled, she knew me. It was so oh, interesting. Wow. Through the laughter, that was when that spark of recognition was there. Because that's how I was raised. We we laughed all the time in our house. Um, somebody did something silly. It was, you know. So <laughs> it, I didn't start out writing that way. And um, when I, the story of Chapel Springs Revival, when I began to write it, it just began to happen. And my agent said, Ann, you found your voice. So I keep writing. Some of them, they'll get, not all of them have quite as much Lucy moments, slapstick, although there's there's always going to be some of Claire's around. Um, But the humor is there. It's my, my worldview is seen through that lens. I know a couple of the reviews that I read, I didn't read them all, but after I do my review, I usually go on and take a look at, at a couple of the reviews before I post mine to make sure uh-huh. that, just kind of make sure there's not a key element that I had forgotten to put in my review, basically. Uh-huh. And it kind of bothered me a couple of them because the emphasis was on the humor, but I was I was thinking to myself, no, she used humor, but hey, what about the messages yes. that she's getting across here? To me, that was the important yes. thing, yeah. was that you got those love, messages yes. across through humor. <laughs> so. uh, and I tickled those who, know, those who really brought that out in the reviews. It was great. The thing is, again, back to that saying, people let down their guard when they think they're being entertained. So if I can entertain them through the humor, I can touch hearts through, you know, and lead them through the hard part and the the issues and help them see it. Yeah. And those Um, reviews probably serve as a drawing card for people who may not have read the book otherwise. So there you go. Exactly. I think God gives us all a reason for, for writing what we do. He does. And I got so tickled at one of them who did not care for the book at all. And she said it was too silly for her taste. She was glad when it was done. 
Well, that made me laugh my head off because that means she read it to the end. I don't want to give anything no, yeah. away about the book, but oh my goodness. And you just had me cracking up during some of those escapades that poor Claire got herself into. <laughs> and yet I, I, could feel her, I could feel her pain because sometimes I'm yes. just as klutzy. And that's exactly. painful. <laughs> You can laugh about it, but you feel like you have to admit that I'm that plain stupid or dumb, you know? Yeah, well, people ask, you know, what what trait of yours, you know, how much of you is in Claire? Yeah, well, her clutch, (laughs) that's me. Unfortunately, I just, I've always moved too fast, Um, you know, and I'm always getting into pickles that way. It's not quite as bad as (laughs) but I've been in a few, so... I just explored, gave her that trait of moving too fast and not thinking before she moved. Yes. And let let happen what happened. So I, it was fun. And hold that thought for a second because we've come to a, another special moment in our show when we are going to have a literal steal here on Lit Speak. <laughs> a literal steal. It worked out well it. last Absolutely. week. Absolutely, yeah, right. yes. <laughs> and the the way to enter the drawing for Anne's debut novel, Chapel Springs Revival, go to www.pattysheen.com. You should see that on your mm-hmm. slideshow as well. Right, on Blog Talk Radio there. There on the Blog Talk Radio tab, you will see... A tab below that that says giveaway. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is leave a comment. You don't. You can tell us whether you watch the show, whether you like the show, whether you didn't like the show. Just say I want a book. You can say whatever you want to say. We will do a drawing through the random.org website mm-hmm. for one lucky winner. The drawing will be open until Monday, the nineteenth of January at midnight. Mountain Standard Time. That's and then my it, time and out it here closes, in Colorado. man. That's it. That's it what you got. You're done. That's you it. get wiped off the books forever. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but I'm very excited to be offering a giveaway of Anne's book because, like I said, it is absolutely a wonderful, wonderful read. And, and Anne, I would think if it's okay yeah. that I could offer either a print copy or an ebook copy. Absolutely. Is that okay? Absolutely. I did the ebook copy, but uh, both are available, and and I'll uh, yes. I'd be delighted to send a print copy. Pardon? I say I'll be delighted to send a print copy too. Okay. If, if someone prefers that, I'll sign it and send it. Ooh. Oh, uh, an autograph copy is always a wonderful. I signed up. I already win. did it. Oh, I Derek, just, while you were talking, up, yeah, that's right, while you were talking, I <laughs> do you think we should let Derek be no. in the giveaway? Do you think? Don't you think oh, that's of course kinda, we should. You know. Of course, <laughs> of course. I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I don't have any hand in this. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, especially I, yeah, when you use random, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Right. I'm delighted. That's right. We just I have to trust know. you that you're using random. That's I, I am. I <laughs> yeah. am. I could get a witness. I could do a YouTube video that shows me up there doing the random That's what part. we need to do. <laughs> I'm so tickled that you guys had Cindy Sproles on last week. Do you know that she was one of my early critique partners? Is that right? Cindy's a wonderful yes. lady. And yes. Do you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Cindy, let me give a little pitch for Cindy. Do mm-hmm. you know that she is going to be on Christian Devotion Speak Up tonight? Mm. She's yeah, going to I'm be not the surprised. Yeah. show, and that will yeah. air at six o'clock this evening. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, and is that six, Cindy, is that six o'clock our time? Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cindy is a very special lady, and I was oh, so amazing. excited <laughs> when her first book came out. Well, and not only that. This shows you, you know, my journey was a long journey. It was uh, by the t- from when I started writing to when Chapel Springs Revival hit the, you know, the, the, the bookshelves, it was almost 13 years. And um, Cindy and Eddie uh, Jones are the founders yes. of Lighthouse Publishing of the Carolinas. Yes, mm-hmm. and I would like to bring Cindy, Eddie on the show one of these days. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's wonderful. Well, Eddie, I had met at a writer's uh, conference in the Blue Ridge Mountains 
when he was just starting out. And we became friends and tossed back, back and forth ideas. Gina and I worked with him. And to have him start a company, a publishing company, and end up being my publisher was so cool. God that brought is- that full circle. And I have been delighted to work with them. He, yeah, they're a wonderful publishing house. Absolutely wonderful. I, I have thought if, if I ever get my work in progress mm-hmm. to where it can be submitted, that's one of the first places that I would consider. And I'm oh, wondering. I'm, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm and I can tell you my, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if somebody, somebody's listening and they say, I, I got to have this Chapel Springs revival. I got to have it. So they go ahead and they say, I'm going to try and win it first. <laughs> and, then, and, and then they don't win it. How, how, can, how can they get it? Uh, it's on Amazon. Okay. Uh, it, it, you can get it there, both the print and the uh, ebook. It's uh, through Lighthouse Publishing. They carry it. It's available on Barnes & Noble. Mm. And it's in some bookstores. Um, and because it is a small press, they're not available in all of them. They are in some mm-hmm. bookstores. If there is a books for less near them, they're, uh, they're carried there. And um, so there are a few places. Small press usually the, the easiest place is uh, Amazon. And I, so. I know that I found it here on uh, uh, A Southern Fried Fiction at annmulligan.com. Yes. I just clicked yes. the book. It took me to the Amazon. Uh, and I will and, also put those links up on my website as well. Yeah. I'm doing Thank an archive you. of each person that we host on the show here and their links. So and, that will also be available. Real quick, if I can ask, Pat, just because I, I'm, I, I'm sitting here looking at the cover, and I don't know if you – and if you give credit to it, if you can say who did it or not, but who did the cover – isn't that what your the cover? Had done? Oh, I'm sorry. The co- no, I, I missed that. My husband that. painted it. Yes, that was a painting oh, okay. of my husband. And then Ken Rainey did the graphics on it and turned okay. into the cover. So the full picture, the full painting, is on my website, and they can find that there too. Um, it's very the, inviting. Um, isn't it though? It makes you feel like yeah. you could walk right the pages of the book and be in there. Yeah, I it loved is. it. Oh, it is. my poor husband had to pull that out of my brain, and <laughs> it wasn't easy, believe me, because I hadn't pictured the buildings. I'd only pictured the feel of it, and right. that it was across the street from the lake, and they could look out, and there was only about a block and a half of buildings, and. So he kept going, and I said, no, that's not it. No, that's not And then one morning, <laughs> I went downstairs to his to his art studio, and, the, and bingo, he'd had it. He got it. And that was Chapel mm. Springs. And mm. so, like I say, I hadn't pictured the buildings, but, yes, he got it. And the purple one, of course, is the Painted Loon, which is Patsy and Claire's Gallery. Yes, mm. yes. So, <laughs> the people, um, yeah. We have just a few minutes. Give us a real quick overview about Novel Rocket, what it offers readers and writers, who can contribute to it. Um, Novel Rocket is something that Gina Holmes and I, she's my critique partner, and we started back in 2005. We were mm-hmm. looking for how how writers did it. Over the years, it has grown and changed, but it's every day of the week we have something different. We have um, a tremendous lineup of columnists on there so it's all about writing the writing life uh it's about publishing uh, the business of it it's from every aspect of the writing life we do focus on fiction and um if someone really wanted to um if they had a book coming out uh and they want to be featured they need to Contact me or Edie Melson, who is our um, senior uh, editor. I love and, Edie. Uh, yeah, I she's, do too. I, she's a guru of social media. She, <laughs> she sure really is. knows her stuff. She sure is, and I'm glad she she came on uh, to our to our site to work with us. But you can contact us and ask. We don't have many openings for um, promotion as much as we used to, but mm-hmm. we still try to get people on there because everybody has something to contribute and um 
And that's at uh, NovelRocket.com? It is, yes, www.NovelRocket.com. It started out years ago called Novel Journey, but it became Novel Rocket. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Well, I receive that daily in my inbox. I, I don't always get to read it. I wish I did, but every article I've ever read has been so helpful. I also like to emphasize, had... don't forget to go visit Ann's website, yeah. which is www.annmulligan, A-N-E. Yes, just one N in there. Just That's one right. N, just yes. like my name just has an I instead of a Y. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so. it's funny how we spellings come about, but yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, I didn't emphasize that enough. I want to I draw people to your site and and I believe you're up there on the slideshow but still I wanted to mention that earlier that you do have a wonderful website apparently you must have known that you were going to be writing fiction someday because your southern fried title fiction. is southern fried fiction yeah <laughs> it, that, that was title. pinned on me that was pinned on me by Rose McCauley oh, and yeah, right. um yeah it came out of my emails um, to the loop, the NACFW <laughs> people and she said something about my writing she said you mean your southern fried fiction and I went, oh, oh that's neat. <laughs> isn't that neat? And it was right. And my agent said, yes. So that that became my tagline. So. <laughs> that's great. And I should know, Ann, but what state do you live in? I'm in Georgia. 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 Okay. Right. Yeah. Isn't that funny? You can yeah. be friends, like we said, on the Internet with somebody for years and not even know where they live. It's that's we right. We looked up yeah. the area code this morning to see where she was from, and she's hey, yeah. down in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it here. Wouldn't live. We're in a little town um, called Sugar Hill, and uh, it's a great little place. Great area to live. <laughs> it sounds like it. The only the only part of Georgia I've ever seen is the Atlanta airport when I was on a. <laughs> You know, right, right over from well, we're, going to, we're up about, to the Philly Conference, actually, or back up to, to New York. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're about 45 minutes northeast of the airport. Where okay. I tell people I live at the bottom of Lake Lanier. <laughs> well, good, if I ever get stranded over there, Anne, yeah. I know who to call. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Absolutely. Be delighted to see you. Come rescue you. <laughs> <laughs> and it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and be with us. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Thank you, Patty. Come, good friends, and it's fun to do. Yes, it is. We wish you the very best with Chapel Springs mm-hmm. Revival. Chapel and Springs Revival. I understand there are other books going to come out in that series, so we're very excited to see that, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... Thank yeah. you so much. And Thank you, Anne. God Thank bless you, Anne. Thank you both. Thanks. God bless. <laughs> Bye-bye. Too. little preview of next week. Our guest will be Janet K. Brown. Mm-hmm. Janet has a passion for diet, fitness, and God's Word. She's written a daily devotional and a novel that addresses these issues, and we'll be discussing her books and the message that she shares. So that'll be next Tuesday right here on Blog Talk Radio, and, and 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. I asked you last time, it was our first show, and you did a fantastic job. Still learning, still learning. I had sprung it on you, and so uh, you've had time to think about it. What's your tagline that that my, uh, that that gets us? My parting to the, words. Your parting my words. My parting words are: Let your heart be open to what God is telling you through your imagination, and act upon it. <laughs> Let's speak right here on Blog Talk Radio. Great job, Pat. I'm Thank so you. proud of you. Anything Hope to you... see our listeners back next week. That's exactly right. We're done. Thank you. <laughs> God bless. God bless. There is a candle in every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes his
Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.